You can successfully grow plants anywhere. All you need are three basic elements, light, nutrients, and water. If you're new to gardening, a seasoned gardener, or a plant angel of death, I can help you. My name is Tom, and welcome to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. Small Scale Gardening Podcast on the Small Scale Life Network. My name is Tom, and I'm the host and resident Green Thumb at SmallScaleLife.com. As promised earlier this week, I am following up on my last podcast episode covering how to extend my garden season. I talked about the theory, and now let's put it into practice. And if you can tell from the title of this episode, I had some big failures, totally huge, bigly failures, and learned some valuable gardening lessons last Friday night and Saturday morning. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the six lessons learned from the end of my 2019 garden season. Kind of went in an amazing fashion, and hopefully you'll pick up a thing or two that you can use in your own garden and do better than I did. For those of you new to our show, Small Scale Life is dedicated to building a simple life through gardening and homesteading. As we continue on our journey and build an intentional small scale life, we continue to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. We hope to inspire you to to try some of these ideas and concepts and start your own journey to building a more simple life in an increasingly chaotic world. In case you're wondering, the Small Scale Gardening Podcast is focused on all things gardening. Gardening is a subject near and dear to my heart. I am the resident green thumb here, and I wanted to make sure my gardener friends knew where to go for their green shot of gardening. Welcome to the green shot of gardening at the happy hour, happy half hour podcast. (laughs) So welcome to the show. For show notes, articles, downloads, and information that might not show up on your podcast app or YouTube video, please go to smallscalelife.com, which is our flagship site. We've been producing content for over four years now. Yeah, we're just hitting our four-year anniversary, and chances are there is something you might like at smallscalelife.com. All right, so let's talk about the circle of life in the garden. So as the gardening guy at smallscalelife.com, I've been around gardening most of my life, and I find so much peace and joy in the garden. I don't know what it is, but there's something about seeing those first blossoms, those first tomatoes, those first peppers that make me really happy. My wife, Julie, and I think my boys also say that I sing to my plants. And while I'd never admit it on the air, you'd know I'd never do that, right? You know, you all know that she's probably, and my boys are probably right. Yeah, that might happen a time or two. So you can imagine that the end of the gardening season is always a bit of a struggle for me. I'll admit it. I hate seeing my plants die. And even though that is a natural progression of life in the garden and also our lives, it's inevitable. We're dying from the moment we take breath and spread our roots, so to speak. It's up to us to make our micron life to be the best of our ability and that is part of leaving a legacy you know whether it's making massive tomatoes or a wonderful bunch of potatoes underneath your roots or a ton of peppers on a pepper plant it's all part of that legacy right but i digress as i jump 
down into a rabbit hole, have a squirrel moment, as I often do. So let's talk about extending my garden season and my complete failure to protect my plants from the frost. Yes, the plants that I care for so much, I just kind of let them hang. But let's talk about that. So as I discussed in what's essentially part one of this article, uh, it's titled Frost is Coming, How to Extend My Garden Season. I posted that on Monday. I knew I needed to protect my plants from frost that typically hits in Minnesota around October 11th. Well, in Zone 4B in the Twin Cities, which is Zone 4B, it's October 11th. My plan was to use the following methods to keep my garden alive. In the short term, use roll covers to guard against frost, and that's sheets, blankets, and tarps. And really, I was going to be focusing on tarps because, well, time was running out and I didn't want to ruin sheets, so I just went with tarps. The medium term was to clear out the beans, the green beans in Wicking Bed 1, and install low, go- low tunnels over the, green- over the greens that were growing in Wicking Bed 1. And I was also going to use low tunnels over the peppers in the big self-watering basin. Long term, design and build cold frames for Wicking Bed 1 for the start of the 2020 season. You know, to test, have them in place to test for the spring and cold weather greens. Clearly, the plan for the cucumbers and tomatoes wasn't well thought out, and I really wasn't focused on those. I knew that the season for those was coming to a rapid end but anyway that was the plan as i recorded the frost is coming how to extend my garden season last weekend so that's my basic plan and i was set to execute that plan on friday but then reality struck and that's the way it always is right you have a battle plan you set it up you know exactly how it's going to work but then this famous person from history said something quite profound. So Helmut von Molke, the elder Prussian field marshal and tactician, once said, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy. And that is completely true. So while I would say that gardening is not open warfare, sometimes it feels like it, right? We battle pests and we battle weeds and blight and the other two nemesis that I was facing this week, weather and time. So as the front, the weather front rolled across central U.S., it dumped snow on my friends in Montana, in Colorado, in Wyoming, in the Dakotas. And it wasn't just a little bit of snow. It was some sizable snow in some places. So why did I think it wouldn't happen the same way in Minnesota and the Twin Cities? But I was a tad naive and got my normal working, my normal work done for my job and got myself together to go on a date night with Jules. We decided we were going to go out on Friday and have a really nice night. It's been a while since we actually went out and I figured I could handle the, you know, covering the plants when we got home later on that night. It's easy cheesy. I'd done it a million times with my own garden and my mom's gardens up north. It's usually kind of a little bit of a scramble, but it's easy to do. So Jules and I went on our date, and we had a great time. We did a little bit of planning and visioning and talked a lot about small-scale gardening, small-scale life. It was a really nice time. We watched a movie, too. But when we got home, the temperatures were dropping, and the wind had totally picked up. The front was, was rolling in, and the rain was starting to fall. We had went to a late show, so at midnight, I was out there with a flashlight, 
and tarps in the garden and cursing my poor planning, preparation, and execution earlier in the day. I guess I needed to follow my own event planning advice and use the use that advice for the garden. But no, I was in a hurry and in a rush and didn't get anything in place before the front came in and the winds picked up. So I got the tarps over the self-watering planter systems in the wicking bed one. I thought that I had secured the tarp over the self-watering planters. That's the patio salsa self-watering planter. And then I focused on wicking bed two. For those of you new to this podcast, wicking bed two is a watering trough. Uh, two feet wide, seven foot long, and it had all of my tomatoes and cucumbers on it. it. It's tough to put a tarp over it. It's pretty difficult, actually. It has tomatoes and cucumbers trellised on conduit. And the problem is the conduit is at two different levels. I have a six foot high uh, trellis for the tomatoes and a seven foot high t- uh, trellis for tomatoes and the cucumbers. So you have a, an immediate differential in height there. I put a blanket over the tomatoes, over the six-foot-high um, trellis, but I wanted to cover the whole bed with a huge tarp, and it was a big tarp. It's 20 feet long and 12 feet wide, I think. So I'm trying to heave this tarp over the seven-foot-high conduit, and I suddenly realized that big tarps, tall conduit, increasing winds were not my friends that night. I struggled with it. I mean, I couldn't get the darn thing over it without the wind blowing it off. It was a strange wind coming out of the east, and it just wasn't working for me. So every time I made a little bit of progress, the wind just totally blew the tarp off. I was pretty mad. <laughs> I dropped, I, I'd lost the flashlight somewhere in the grass. I cursed a lot, but I finally got the tarp over the two levels of conduit. It was quite the story. If my neighbors were looking out the window, they probably were laughing pretty good. But I tried to secure everything with bungee cords, and you know, I went to bed hoping the winds would calm down and tarps would make it. That's usually what happens in Minnesota, but they didn't, and it didn't work out too well. So let's talk about the aftermath. I was pretty groggy. I woke up the next morning and walked over, poured myself a cup of coffee, and then walked over to the window to see the garden. I mean, I could see the wind was blowing. I could see the snow was coming down. Uh, But as I looked out, the first thing I noticed was the snow was coming down and sticking to the plants in the garden. Yes, you heard that right. Sticking to the plants in my garden that I thought was covered by tarps. So basically what happened was two of the row covers held. That was in wicking bed one. That's another big watering trough that I had greens in it. And I just put a tarp over it. And then the big big self-watering planter. That's kind of a standalone table with all the peppers in it. And I had put roll covers over those two beds. Well, they held. I had them secured properly or enough for the winds. But two of the roll covers had completely failed. And that was over wicking bed two with the cucumbers and tomatoes. And then the salsa patio self-watering planter. That's a smaller kind of table planter with grow bags in it. And it had some peppers it had tomatoes it had some onions some other things in there and uh both of those row covers completely failed the snow was falling on the plants the fruit the garden beds (laughs) so much to my dismay the wind had not subsided in the night in fact it intensified and my tarps my pathetic tarps and my pathetic bungee cords just didn't do the job it didn't stay in place 
I had tarps on the ground and spread all over the over the garden area, and the plants were completely exposed. It was a complete mess. And what I had called a flying circus, because I said, you know, when you see my garden beds after they're tarped up like this, they look like a big circus. You have big tents all over the garden. No, it was more like a Led Zeppelin. But instead of a fireball of death, as the big blimp falls down, it was ice crystals of death all over the place in my garden. So it didn't go as planned. Completely didn't go as planned. So I decided that it was pretty much over. This was it. There was nothing to save. So I went into harvest mode, grabbed a bowl or two, and immediately went and harvested everything I could. I left the greens and the peppers for another day since they were secure under their tarps. They were protected from the ice and the snow and frost. But with the tomatoes and the pepper, or the tomatoes and the cucumbers and some of the onions, it was a complete failure. It was a disaster. And just because I've failed to prepare and execute the plan i waited waited to the last minute and the winds did not cooperate so it was a complete failure on my part i mean i i harvested over five pounds out of the small little you know uh, 32 inch by 24 inch wide salsa planter uh salsa patio planter that had five pounds of tomatoes in it alone so it did really great but i failed to cover it up <laughs> so on Monday, I harvested the peppers from the big self-watering planter system. I left the greens in wicking bed one. Greens can typically stand the cold, but I knew the peppers were on borrowed time, especially with my schedule in the next couple of weeks where I'll be on the road. So it was over. I mean, it's just done. And it was really a lot to the time of year, my failure to plan and execute. But we're pretty much at the end of the season, so it was time to call it. So what, less, what were the six lessons learned from the end of my garden season? So I sat down, I took some time and thought about what I learned from this whole experience. And I think there's some valuable lessons that you could use in your own garden. So here are my six lessons learned from the end of my garden season that I'll really think about as I modify my garden beds, as I modify my process moving forward. So number one, time in winter waits for no one. Take the time to protect your vegetables and herbs. If you don't have time, harvest everything off and call it good. I mean, don't go through the struggle. If you know it's not going to work, you're kind of at the end of the season. So just work with what you've got. Number two, include season extenders in your overall garden design. So design that frost protection and season extenders into the overall planter and garden bed design. Retrofitting and working around full-grown plants when you're under the gun is challenging. So you can imagine, I'm out there at midnight, I'm trying to put the tarp over plants, fully-grown plants that are all over the place. I mean, if you grow cherry tomatoes, you know what a big monster they can be, and they don't exactly fit under a tarp, the tarp you want anyway. So it can be challenging. So if you have these things in place... You'll be able to, or at least you've thought about these things before the moment of truth, it'll all go a lot better for you. Number three, include tie-down connectors. So what does this mean? This is this is some kind of a device where if you drape a tarp or a low tunnel over your garden bed, you can connect it, right? You have a way to connect and secure your roll cover, your low tunnel, or shade cloth to the planter or garden bed. And this really helps when 
the winds do not want to cooperate. All my friends in Colorado can tell you they get some wind out there. You need to secure things. So this could be eye bolts or other ways to connect the rope or bungee cords to the actual garden bed and anchor it down so it stays in place no matter what the winds are doing. So number four, build and test early. If you're going to use roll covers or low tunnels or cold frames, build them out and test them with your planter and garden beds early in the season. You can make modifications. You can see if it actually works. That's really a good idea, don't you think? Doing it at midnight when it's dark and the winds are blowing and you have untested, we'll call it technology, if you have untested methods, it's not going to work out too well for you. And I'm a great poster child for that. So number five, get ready to process produce. If your season extenders fail, you'll need to harvest everything quickly. In fact, you might just call it when the frost is forecasted. Just call it a day. Chances are the fruit won't get that much bigger or set new fruit, and you really are about done when the first frost strikes. It's better to harvest now than to leave frozen fruit on the vine. And I've got videos showing what happens to these plants after the frost hits. And it not only affects the plants, but it does affect the fruits and the herbs that you have out in your garden. If you don't cover them up, they're going to get hit and it's not going to be pretty. So number six, prepare for winter cleanup. So you'll need to clear the garden beds and planters of dead plants when the season, once the season is over. The frost will take everything. It'll look like hell. And it's time to remove all that stuff before the, de- the decay starts. I mean... It'll look better during the winter season not to have all these dead plants up there. And uh, and also you can just get ready, get a clean start, <clears throat> and cover your beds. And we'll talk about that more in detail in a post I'm planning calling Preparing for Winter, Protect the Assets. This is a post and podcast and probably a checklist coming in the near future. I'll tell you what I do to get ready for winter and how we're going to prepare the self-watering planters systems with with grow bags what are we going to do to prepare for winter and winter is coming it's coming rapidly so i need to get moving on that pretty quickly i really don't want to have garden beds with grow bags full of dirt and plants hanging around need to get ready for winter and get everything set so what are my next steps i'm going to continue to keep my greens going for a while longer uh, but at, but it is time to shift gears. I've already started to prepare for winter. An example is draining out my rain barrel and putting that up already. So in 2017, I created a post and podcast episode titled Seven Steps to Winterize Your Garden. And that's right on smallscalelife.com. You can check that out in iTunes and other podcast apps as well. But I will be expanding on that article with some other tips, steps, and hacks that will help you prepare for winter. It really does come down to spending some time to protect your assets. And who wants to spend more money for not preparing? I mean, it's like a car. If you don't, if the engine check engine light comes on and you continue to ignore it, there might be a problem, a bigger problem that's hiding under the surface. And if you keep driving on it, it's going to become an even bigger problem. That can happen if you don't take care of basic things before the snow and ice hits. Another great example is checking your furnace. My friend Adam Rick in Wisconsin, he loves to tell people to check your furnace now before the really cold weather hits. You don't want to be caught when your furnace doesn't work. So thanks, Adam, for that uh, 
that great tip. That's a really good one. So poor planning, preparation, execution will cost you every single bloody time. So make sure you take the time to get the stuff done before the weather hits. When temperatures are dropping and the snow is flying or the rain is coming down in a monsoon, you don't want to be out there trying to catch up and dealing with disasters. So how did your garden fare with this nasty front? Were you more successful than me? I hope so. If it did or you have other disasters, feel free to leave a comment on this post on smallscalelife.com. You can also send me a comment on the uh, on the message page on uh, or on the contact us page on smallscalelife.com or send me a note at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com. So there is a little time left of the season, but it's rapidly going away. And as they said over and over and over and over in Game of Thrones, Winter is coming, Ned. Winter is coming. For some of us, it's already here. So this is Tom from Small Scale Life and the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to leave some comments and let me know what your, how your garden's doing and if you survived the snow <laughs> uh, and what you're doing to prepare for winter. I would love to know. I'm going to put together this checklist and I would love to include your story or your tip advice and i will definitely give you credit so feel free to leave that here at smallscalelife.com or um, on the contact us page or at real life at gmail.com so this is tom from small scale life and small scale gardening podcast reminding you to learn do grow and be a little better every day take care everybody <laughs>